So first, welcome everyone to Drisha's Fall Programming. And this is the fourth part out, out of a six-part session course on Abraham Joshua Eschel, Human Dignity as a Divine Concern by Dr. Dror Bandi. Dr. Dror Bandi is dedicated to bringing Abraham Joshua Heschel's thought to Israel, translating his words into Hebrew and transforming Israel by his spirit. He holds a doctorate in Jewish thought from Bar Ilan University and is a popular lecturer in a variety of institutions, especially at Mahon Kerem of the David Yellen College of Education. Dr. Bandi lives with his family in the community of the Orban Kibbutz Beit Israel in Jerusalem, a community of religious and non-religious Jews who unite together in social and spiritual activism. Um, and now without further ado, I'll turn this to Dr. Bandi. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for all of you uh, for your participating in our class. Um, in the last three previous classes, I introduced introduce Heschel as a person, as, as uh, I, I talked about his life, and we, re we read uh, two famous um, speeches, him, one about racism and one about uh, inter-religious dialogue, in which we saw um, the implications of his understanding of human dignity. Today, we will uh, go back to his sources, um, to his understanding of the Bible, of the prophets. As you know, I believe, one of his famous book, a very large book, uh, more than 500 uh, pages in English, is his interpretation about the prophets of Israel, about the ancient prophets of the Hebrew Bible. And it, this is a book which he edited from his PhD uh, dissertation, which he wrote when he was a student in Berlin. Uh, in fact, when uh, the Nazis uh, get, gained the power. Just before he escaped from Germany to the U.S., the, the dissertation was published on '36. It's a very uh, difficult time, as you know, in Europe, in Germany. And when he came to the U.S., he put it aside. But in the in the, um, in the in the end of the 50s, he decided to edit it and translate it and translate it into English. And then on 62, he published it as his book, The Prophets, in English. And today we will uh, understand, we will try to understand the source of his understanding of human dignity as he, as he understood it from the Bible, from the prophets of Israel. Let's start. I, I'm sharing with you uh, our process for today. I will start with a short uh, autobiographical 
saying of Heschel, which was published several months after his death. And he, I, I think that he sent it before, before he, he died, before he died, and, and then it was published after he got his heart attack. Um, does someone want to, to read the first uh, quote from the, his article, The Reasons for My Involvement in the Peace Movement? As you know, he, he established uh, um, inter-religious uh, group against the war in Vietnam and in which in this in this uh, article he established his reasons for this uh, fight. Emid, will you help us like the last class? You don't want to read. Okay, so now we're reading the reasons for my involvement in the peace movement. 1973. For many years, I live by the conviction that my destiny is to serve in the realm of privacy, to be concerned with the ultimate issues and involved in attempting to clarify them in thought and in word. Three events changed my attitude. One was the countless onslaughts upon my inner life, depriving me of the ability to sustain inner stillness. The second event was the discovery that indifference to evil is worse than evil itself. The third event that changed my attitude was my study of the prophets of ancient Israel, a study on which I worked for several years until its publication in 1962. From them, I learned the niggardliness, we don't use that word anymore, of our moral comprehension, the incapacity to sense the depth of misery caused by our own failures. The more deeply immersed I became in the thinking of the prophets, the more powerful it became clear to me what the lives of the prophets sought to convey, that morally speaking, there is no limit to the concern one must feel for the suffering of human beings. Okay, so thank you. So this is Heschel's <sighs> witness, One. testimony uh, yeah. for his, uh, how, he, how this book changed his own life. What, what, uh, what your favorite line from this uh, text? Very powerful, right? How how uh, did this book, The Prophets, change Hesha's life? What do you say? Ask about what is my favorite line? Here, from from the reason for my involvement. That that jumps out at me as um, always pertinent is. His second event was the discovery that indifference to evil is worse than evil itself. Yes, this is this I, I is also what I've been thinking about that concept a lot personally in today's environment. Yes, yes, and, and in fact, in the in this book itself, he spoke. He wrote a lot about the indifference of the prophets to what happens in ancient Jerusalem in, in, their, in their time and how they felt that God himself is an indifferent person. Thank you. Okay, so... If I, if I could point quickly to, to something else that, that yes. uh, um, 
towards the end of the paragraph where, where it says no limit to the concern one must feel. And I look at the English in, 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 in no limit and I think of the Ivrit, uh, which is ain't self, which to me, you know, might be a nice uh, parallel there because we are talking about the divine. Interesting note, thank you. And, and, and yes, God, the end self, yes, the, the eternity of God uh, uh, makes, makes us um, um, with no limit is a concern that we should feel for the suffering of other human beings. Yes, thank you. Um, Yes. It uh, says must feel. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So um, I also want to add um, one other thing. Um, and it's a, it's a small um, correction to an understanding of a word. So niggardliness has nothing to do with the word that we don't use anymore. This has, it, it, it's, a, it's a word that means stinginess. No, I, I understand that, but um, it also still is not a word we use only because of... No, something. actually, it is a word that we still use. It's just, it's a, it has a, it is, sounds the same. In any case, um, I, I think that the, the, the point that he's making, though, is um, that our, the limit of our, of our ability to um, see uh, what is caused by by things that we do or don't do um, is something that he only came to realize as a result of having studied uh, the prophets but also started to realize the importance of intervention in order to deal with questions of injustice and suffering of others yeah, yeah. as we see in our first class Heschel's own life was was life of suffering, and uh, yes, when he came to the U.S., he, he, he can't believe that in the South, the the, the Afro-Americans has has no right, no full rights. He was a Jew from Germany, and he can't believe that that uh, in America. Um, other people suffer, suffered uh, as he as he suffered. Yes, his, his own life um, taught it, it before he learned it from the prophets. Yes, that's what you meant. That's what you meant. Okay, I, I will want I, I want to read an, an, another autobiographical saying now from the. Um, now from the introduction of this book, uh, The Prophets, in which Heschel explained why he chose this subject for his PhD dissertation. Yes, why he chose such a subject <laughs> to write about it in the Nazi, in, in the, uh, what happened to, to Berlin what happened to Germany in the 30s. Um, anyone wanted to read it for us in the academic environment? Does someone want to help us? 
I can help if you'd like. Oh, thank you, Evie. Thank you. In the academic environment. Okay. In the academic environment in which I spent my student years, philosophy had become an isolated, self-subsisting, self-indulgent entity, a ding and sitch, encouraging suspicion instead of love of wisdom. The answers offered were unrelated to the problems, indifferent to the uh, trivial of a person who, become, who became aware of men's suspended sensitivity in the face of, uh, stup help, me, help me with that word, <laughs> uh, stupendous uh, challenge. Indifferent to a situation in which good and evil became irrelevant, in which men became increasingly callous to catastrophe and ready to suspend the principle of truth. I was slowly led to the realization that some of the terms, motivations, and concerns which dominate our thinking may prove destructive of the roots of human responsibility and treasonable to the ultimate ground of human solidarity. Hmm. Thank Would you, you like me? Please, another paragraph, thank you. If One you more, like. okay. Uh, One it more. was the realization <laughs> That's okay. It was the realization that the right coins were not available in the common currency that drove me to study the thought of the prophets. Every mind operates with presumptions, uh, pre, pre, uh, off premises, as well as within a particular way of thinking. In the face of the tragic failure of modern mind, incapable of preventing its own destruction it became clear to me that the most important philosophical prob problem of the 20th century was to find a new set, set of presuppositions pre or yeah. premises, a different way of thinking. Hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you so yeah. much. Wow. Do you understand why you, choose, why you choose to write about the prophets in the middle of Berlin? No. Tried to, to escape from Berlin. Tried to to find another perspective. How can, as you as I explained, he, he left his religious home in, in Warsaw and came to Berlin to study philosophy, and suddenly Berlin became Nazis. So so he he was shocked, and in the middle of Berlin. He looked for another perspective. So he escaped into the Bible in order to find there a new set of presuppositions and then come back to the Western civilization uh, and trying to help, to help the Western civilization to save itself. Yes, in the face of the tragic failure of the modern mind to, to, to save save itself, uh, Heschel felt that he had, that he had to, to, to go to another far, far place, to the, to the consciousness of the prophets in order to find their another perspective. <laughs> what happened to us, the Western people, that we, be, that we become such, what, what is the, what is the most powerful uh, saying here? 
such callous to catastrophe and ready to suspend the principle of truth. What happened to us in the Western civilization? What happened to us people who educated in a very good schools, who educated to believe in truths, who educated to, to believe in the values of democracy, like the Germany, like, like Germans. What happened? What happened that the German society choose choose such a such a such a leadership? And and uh, Heschel felt that he, he he came to Berlin to look for the truth, for the academic perspective, and something growing here, something growing in Berlin. We the Germans, the Western civilization, suspend the principle of truth and became and become. Uh, indifferent to a situation in which good and evil become irrelevant. Yeah. This is this is reason to write about the prophets. Um, he's also yes. he, he's, he's also indicting uh, the study of philosophy as being abstract, um, detached from the realities of the world really not an insensitive to what was happening to the world and it, it enabled it to become um, to become a um, a basis upon which because some some of those involved in German philosophy at the time become enamored with or um, become the foundation of some of of uh, Nazism and so in certain ways he's saying you can't have this antiseptic uh, view of of philosophic thought that's completely devoid of understanding um good and evil um because those things do exist and that he had to um return to studying the prophets which is not necessarily a purely philosophical uh exercise in order to be able to find a new way of, of thinking about the world. Yes, yes, thank, thank you very much. He, yes, the, he, he used here a term from Immanuel Kant philosophy. It's, it's a hint, the famous uh, German philosopher and, uh, and maybe other hints to Nietzsche, of course, to Maybe do you mean to Martin Heidegger, right? Uh, this is the what? Exactly. Yes. He, I believe that, like most of the students in in Berlin, he admired Heidegger and suddenly was shocked to discover that this admired philosopher became part of the Nazis and and support and became supporter of Hitler. Well, what's what's um, interesting about uh, his reaction is, you know, in contrast to one of Heidegger's students, um, I just blanked on her name, um, who uh, spoke about the banality of 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 evil in response. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah. Rent's reaction to Heidegger and and uh, Heschel's reaction to Heidegger are very very different. 
That's right. 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 Yes. Yes. This is the alternative that he lo that he looked for. The alternative that that he looked for in the Bible, in the, in the prophets. Now we will continue into the the book, and we will see how we understood this uh, alternative. Why he thought that the uh, consciousness of the prophets is a new source for solidarity. Does someone want to read the next quote? Uh, the mental experience? Sure. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Uh, the fundamental experience of, of the prophet is a fellowship with the feelings of God, a sympathy with the divine pathos, a communion with the divine consciousness. The typical uh, prophetic state of mind is one of being taken up into the heart of the divine pathos. Sympathy is the prophet's answer to inspiration, the correlative to re revelation. The emotional experience of the prophet becomes the focal point for the prophet's understanding of God. He lives not only in his, uh, not only his personal life, but also the life of God. The prophet hears God's voice and feels God, his, her, his heart. He tries to import the pathos of the message together with his logos. Logos, um, as an imparter, his soul overflows, speaking as he does out of the fullness of his sympathy. Thank you, thank you. As you can see, this is a very uh, different place from the analytical philosophy, from the rational philosophy of the philosophers. In Germany, yes. Uh, do, do you ever understand? Did you ever understand the the, uh, the prophets in such in such a way? Uh, when when you read the, the Amos or Shea or uh, Isaiah, okay, do do you do you accept uh, that the prophet? Is, the, the fundamental experience of the prophets is a fellowship with the feelings of God. Yes, as you know, Maimonides, the Rambam, uh, doesn't allow us allow us to, to, to think in such a way. What is the meaning of the feelings of God? Uh, God, has, God has feelings. Uh, God has pathos. What, what do you say about these sayings about the prophets? Can you accept it? Can you see it in the Bible? Can you allow yourself to, to read the Bible uh, as, as, as it's as it, as it written? What do you say? You want to say, Mashik, say something else? Mr. Katzman, do you want to say? No, no, I was just uh, indicating that uh, the correlation between uh, the public accepting Hitler's Mishigas and uh, Trump's Mishigas, that the people become, uh, don't listen to reason or they just follow the leader. It's a failing of uh, humankind. Yes, but Heschel showed that the way to, to, to fight the... the the unrational uh, way of thinking is not by rational way of thinking, 
but by another uh, another pathos, uh, with another uh, with the feelings of God. People, human beings, have feelings, and if you and if you uh, try to to convince them only by reason, they might react by uh, by their feelings, by their by their identity. So Heschel tried to to build an alternative, which is um, which also come with pathos, which also come with a sympathy and not uh, the, the, the rationality we, we discover that rationality can't fight against uh, parts of our of our of our, um, of our human consciousness of our human uh, desires so we need so we need uh, another source and we need a connection with another person. As you can see, Heschel described here, or maybe indicated here, that God is, we, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a dialogue. Yes, the prophets, the prophets, um, again, the prophets, um, Live, he live not only his personal life, but also the life of God. This is a This is the sympathy. Yes, the sympathy is to be with the pathos of the other. It is the opposite of indifference. Indifference is to live only by by your own feelings, and the prophet. Uh, can't stand against God's feelings that that God shared with him, and he and he responds with sympathy. This is the this is very different uh, kind of consciousness than what what Heschel saw in Germany. Could could you right? talk? Could you talk about the uh, difference between Heschel's view of the prophets and what would have been more established view of the prophets? Yes, the established view of the pathos of the prophets since Maimonides is that is that the prophets are another kind of philosophers. Yes, when you read the vision Maimonides taught us to to interpret to interpret the the prophets of vision as um, by by um, method of uh, how do you say it um, you know uh, analogy uh, by a method of um, how do you say it um, I forgot the word. Uh, uh, oh, thank you. Uh, oh, I found it. Allegory, uh, yes. Oh, allegory, right. Allegory, thank you. Uh, the prophets, uh, the, the, Maimonides taught us to, to read the prophets' visions 
as allegories, and and this is why uh, the Bible lost its effect upon us, because yes, we try to think what is the, the rational message of the prophets, and actually wanted to 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 put Maimonides aside and try to read the Bible in a method in a method methodology that will affect us that will help us meet the prophets as they were i answered your, your question brian uh and how was his view received among his contemporaries uh yes <laughs> it's not uh, easy to, to answer this question if you know rabbi Eliezer Belkovitz, you know, you know, he wrote a very critical essay against this book, and he hinted that this is a Christian reading of the Bible. How can you let yourself to, to speak about the feeling of God, etc.? And so um, it wasn't it wasn't easy to. to for Heschel, but indeed, uh, Martin Luther King uh, loved this book. <laughs> uh, so it was Heschel was lonely in the Jewish community. Um, it, it was too much for, for the Jewish community to to read such a interpretation of, of the prophets. But for someone like Martin Luther King, it was wow. We, this is my way of speaking. I am also a man of patterns. If you know, I should know his famous speech, I have a dream. In this speech, he, he used one official translation of Amos, unique translations of, of Heschel uh, in his own speech. He quoted Amos in, in I have a dream, and this translations of Amos, translation of Amos he took from from this book so uh, it was complicated let's let's continue to read um, here a, a small paragraph about Amos now we get into Heschel's our, our topic how Heschel, how Heschel uh, learn from the from the prophets a new understanding of human dignity. Yes, uh, does someone want to read Didamos? Anyone? I, I, I could Sorry. read. Thank you. Uh, did Amos speak as a champion of ethics? Was it in the name of the moral law that the shepherd of Tekoa left his sheep to proclaim his message in Samaria? Amos insisted that it was God whose call he followed and whose living word he carried. There is a living God who cares. Justice is more than an idea or a norm. Justice is a divine concern. Yes, this is the alternative. This is the alternative. Just, justice is more than an idea or, norm or a norm. Justice is a divine concern not only divine law, not only divine commandment, but Amos 
fell. Justice is a divine concern. Yes, this is the alternative. To, to, to feel human dignity, to feel justice as something that God cursed, that God uh, cursed for. Yes. Let, let's read another paragraph, much more, uh, much more complicated, which, which, uh, in, in which I shall try to explain it. Barry, do you want to read another paragraph? Uh, why should religion? Yes. Um, why should religion, the essence of which is worship of God, put such stress on justice for man? Does not the preoccupation with morality tend to divest religion of immediate devotion to God? Why should a worldly virtue like justice be so important to the Holy One of Israel? Did not the prophets overrate the worth of justice? Perhaps the answer lies here. Righteousness is not just a value, it is God's part of human life, God's stake in human history. Perhaps it is because the suffering of man is a blot upon God's conscience, because it is in relations between man and man that God is at stake. Or is it simply because the infamy of a wicked act is infinitely greater than we are able to imagine. People act as they please, doing what is vile, abusing the weak, not realizing that they are fighting God, affronting the divine, or that the oppression of man is a humiliation of God. He who oppresses a poor man insults his maker. He who is kind to the needy honors him. Thank you so much. What do you say about this paragraph? Okay, can you see the alternative? Can you see the alternative that Heschel tried to, to suggest to us, the Western civilization? Is he suggesting that God intervenes on our behalf or that God actually wants us to act justly, but he doesn't actually intervene. I'm thinking of the Holocaust, of course. Thank you, thank you. This is a good question. Eschel, after the Holocaust, can't believe anymore in God's intervene. Right. If you want, he spoke about it in an interview. Um, oh. Few weeks before he, he, he died, he, he died to NBC. You can find it. Uh, you can find it uh, on the web. Um, mm -hmm. In this interview, he, he explained that, that after the Holocaust, you can't believe anymore in God's intervene, but in the same time, he feels that he can't. Um, that, that, that we, that, that we the, the human society, we need God's help by his perspective. Yes, um, we can't wait for God's intervene, but as you know, there is an, another problem with the Holocaust that also the Western civilization uh, didn't intervene. 
that humanity stood in the side and, and nobody nobody came to help to the Jews. And so 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 we need God's perspective. Something in our rest, Western civilization is sick. We lost, we lost the the, the understanding that that indifference is a kind of evil, and God's perspective, God's uh, this, this is the prophets. They feel they felt God's feeling. God didn't intervene, but they can't uh, stand anymore from the side. They have to, to they had to intervene uh, because they felt that God's conscious, because they felt uh, that, uh, as Heschel say, 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 said here, uh, who, uh, he who first a poor man, insults is made yes. this this feeling this feeling of, of god this is the source to see human dignity uh, as an ultimate demand as an as an uh, as in something that that god cares for Anyone else? Yes. I, I, I have a, uh, a thought I'd like to share. I'm thinking about Abraham's exchange with God uh, at the destruction of Saddam, in which he is really pushing God to be his insistence that God, at essence, is just. And he is, in a sense, expecting that I think to be accompanied by some kind of interference, some kind of God's actions have to reflect the fact that he is the God of justice. Mm. And yet in the end, Abraham loses that battle on a certain level because he just has to walk away. There's a point at which God is not willing to interfere. Um, I, it just—it struck me now that there's some kind of resonance there. Yes, but but Abraham has had the—he he was sure that God can't act uh, injustice. Yes, as he said, Hashofet kol haaretz lo mishpat. You told me you—I learned it from you, God that justice is, is your way. How can you uh, behave uh, in another way of, of uh, action? Yeah. Can Thank I you. say something? Hi. Okay. Yes, um, you know, it's been years since I've read uh, His The Prophets, but while we're reading this, it occurs to me that part of the resistance to the prophets in their era, like some who try to be prophetic now, is that sometimes it can be done in a way that's a harangue, that, that, that people can't hear it because of the way the message is delivered. 
But when I think of Heschel, and I had a conversation, interestingly enough, about Heschel the other day when I pointed out uh, when people were saying, well, what should we do to make our congregations more political? And I said, I don't think of it that way. I don't have a congregation, by the way, so I'm not invested that way. But I said, Heschel didn't ask his congregation, if I recall, to walk with him over the Pettis uh, Bridge in Alabama, in Selma. He took that action himself, along with Martin Luther King. And so instead of um, haranguing, he used himself as an example. Whenever he wrote, it was in such a loving way. And if people call that Christian, then I think there's a problem. But he managed to, his, his kindness was always present in what he wrote. And that made him, I think, a treasure. Uh, someone that I, uh, I loved reading, still love reading for that reason. And I think that's the difference. The problem with the prophetic voice alone is the way it comes out where people feel like they're being whipped. Whereas he does it in terms of leading them with kindness, just as he did on that bridge. He didn't insist a congregation follow him. I don't think he had one anyway, but, uh, but I think using his life as, uh, as example was a way to teach about justice in a kind way in a way, a caring way, an embracing way. That was my, has always been my impression. Thank you, but I don't know if you know, after the association of Martin Luther King, another voice came out of Heschel. His final work, A Passion for Truth. I have is it. Much, is much more, uh, how can I say it? It's, it is much more aggressive can't can't suffer anymore that his community uh, uh, didn't do anything when, when such uh, an historic moment of America uh, happened. So, so he, in in his last works, he, he, he's much more aggressive. And but but uh, uh, if you can read in, in this book, the prophets, he also described the prophets as a challengers. The people who address their community with harsh words, uh, not such a kind people, people like uh, Hoshea or, or Isaiah. Uh, so, uh, sorry. Now I have to go back, and I do have that book, and I did read it years ago. So now you've made me want to go back and read it again. So thank you. Thank I will. Let's, let's read another paragraph or, or someone want to say anymore? Uh, also, Dr. Bondi, the interview that you refer to that Heschel gave toward the end of his life uh, is available on the internet. And I had occasion some years ago uh, to meet the interviewer. Uh, his name's Carl Stern. And, and it's yes. just amazing uh, because you could read it and it's very worthwhile reading. Uh, but when you're actually able to see you know, the program, see the face, hear the voices, it, it adds so much. Yes. Yes, and, and also in this interview, you, you, you can see him that he can't see it in his, in, in his place. He, 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 
he have to say, he have to make the effect on 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 on, on his congregation, yes, about the on the on all the people who look in in his interview in, in TV. Um, he he tried to be kind, of course, but but he can't sit. He 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 have to say, he have to say, he had to say. Okay, let's let's read the last. Yes, the last paragraph. This is the more uh, this is the more complicated uh, text uh, in which I shall try to explain uh, this alternative of the prophets to human dignity and justice. Uh, who wants? Who, who wants? Uh, I'll, I'll yes. Thank you. Justice is not ancient custom a human convention, a value, but a transcendent demand freighted with divine concern. It is not only a relationship between man and man, it is an act involving God, a divine need. Justice is his line, righteousness his plummet. It is not one of his ways, but in all of his ways. Its validity is not only universal, but also eternal, independent of will and experience. God's concern for justice grows out of his compassion for man. The prophets do not speak of a divine relationship to an absolute principle or idea called justice. They are intoxicated with the awareness of God's relationship to his people and to all men. Justice is not important for its own sake. The validity of justice and the motivation for its exercise lie in the blessings it brings to man. For justice, as stated above, is not an abstraction, a value. Justice exists in relation to a person and is something done by a person. An act of injustice is condemned not because the law is broken, but because a person has been hurt. What is the image of a person? A person is a being whose anguish may reach the heart of God. Quote, you shall not afflict any widow or orphan. If you do afflict them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. If he cries to me, I will hear for I am compassionate, close quote from Shemot. When Cain murdered his brother Abel, the words denouncing his crime did not complain, proclaim, you have broken the law. Instead, we read, and the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Yeah, thank you, thank you. This is the point. Instead of understanding justice or human dignity as a concept, as a value, as a rational uh, idea, Heschel went to the Bible and came back to us with the understanding that justice is, some, is, is something that happened 
in relationship, in the, in the relationship between us and in the relationship between God and every human being. As I, as I explained in, in the class about uh, racism, Heschel, as well as Martin Luther King, believed that God is the most crucial source against racism. Mm -hmm. By, because the, the faith is God, when you stand before God, you can't see another human being as, as a non-human because you have to feel God's feeling to every human being. This is the God of, of the Bible. The God of the Bible is a, is a person who cares. He's like a father of all, of all, of all the human beings. And the meaning of standing before God is to feel to feel God's concern to every human being. Okay. Yes. Yes. In Exodus, in Exodus, in Sefer Shmot, as he quoted, "If he cries to me, I will hear." This is the source of the fight for widows and orphans. And as God said to to Cain. Your brother's blood is crying to me. You should see other human, another human being from this perspective of relationship. Human beings are not a mere rational creature. Human beings are your brothers and sisters. Yes, because we have, all of us, we have one parent which we should feel his feelings. This is the alternative understanding of justice. The source of the most powerful understanding of justice is this relationship between us and between God to all human beings. What do you say? Isn't that what I was trying to express about Heschel? himself that when i read this it's the it's the man it's also reflecting who can yeah. see this in the prophets whereas many when they read the prophets they hear the harangue here he's seeing love here he's yeah. seeing compassion and he's trying to to show that aspect of the prophets it's also a reflection of him that was the person who I'm going to watch the interview. I pulled it up just now so I can watch it afterwards. But I, I think that's the beauty of so much of what he's written is, is that uh, even his, his book Shabbat, it, it shows love, it shows relationship. And, and that's what he's about. Yes, but as you know, in the Bible, God also a lot of time, very harsh, God, God himself, God himself can be very, how do you say, coerced. Uh, yes, what is the word? Absolutely true, but that's what I'm saying. He's trying but, to go another uh, side. So Heschel dedicated a chapter in his in his book, The Prophets, to God's what is the word for cast, zam? How do you say it in English? 
God's angry, yes. He dedicated a chapter to explain that the prophets always try to explain that God's angry stems out of his love. Right. As we know, as a parent, I believe, <laughs> as a parent, I, I have to say that uh, you, you, you're angry your kids uh, not one time in your life, but I hope that my anger not came from my eg egoistic place <laughs> against my children, but because how deeply I care from them, for them. And, and, and this way, I should try also to explain the anger of God in the Bible. Thank you. Is he yes, what? I was just wondering, is he saying that a human offense against another human is also an offense against God? Course. Yeah, yeah. As you know, when your kids hit each other, hit each other, you mm -hmm. can't suffer it in your stomach. Do, do you, you have mm -hmm. this feeling? Yes. Yeah. You, you and and this what this is the source of our love to, to our brothers and sisters. Our parents' perspective upon us that you, that we know that when I hit my brother, it's not only uh, affect him, but also affect my own parents. And in this way, Heschel explained uh, the important role of God in, uh, in, in the understanding of this powerful uh, way of thinking about justice. Yeah. Anyone else wanted to say, to comment, to ask? We have two minutes. I'm thinking about how difficult this can be to take on um, in your own life. And I'm particularly struck with our current society's condition where each side condemns the other out of self-righteousness perhaps. It's very hard to let go of that and find the image of a brother in someone who is doing something that you find to be greatly apprehensible. Yes, but I, I believe that also in your own family, you don't know if someone there uh, vote for, for the other uh, uh, party, but... but uh, but when your brother or sister uh, choose such a thing, you still love, you still love him. And this is uh, Heschel's suggestion to us as humanity, to not to come from an ide ideological thinking and by this ide ideological thinking to hate other, other but to remember the source of our values is our love to each other, our solidarity. And this is why we have to speak with the other. We have to find a way to live together. We have to, to find a way to, to unite the family of, of our nation, the family of the humanity. Uh, and this is not easy. This is a demand. 
Yes, it's, it's not easy, but uh, this is his suggestion to, to cure humanity. Has anyone heard of, of the sustained dialogue? It's a method that's been used in various conflict situations. I heard it described by the president of uh, Oberlin College who managed to fix them. Uh, it's a matter of, it, the, the whole idea is to listen, not to change. So you bring people together of, a, of different opinions and sometimes really different opinions and they learn to listen to each other and they come together on a regular basis and um, eventually it's, it's possible for each to see the humanity in the other. And it apparently has a success rate, but it's called sustained dialogue. And it's worth looking up online and it's worth looking up the, um, the uh, reference and the training and the whole thing. It's, it's, a, it's very effective, even if you just do it in your personal life where you meet someone who is just saying something that you really hate, you still basically just sit there and listen and, and question like, what did you say? Did you mean this? Did you mean, but not in a rude way. It's hard to do, but it really is very, it really works. <laughs> what can Thank I say? Thank you, but, but if I can add, uh, what Heschel tried to, to help us to understand that only, not only to respect the other, but uh, mm -hmm. to come from a state of mind of solidarity. Exactly. Not only respect, but, but uh, to feel God's feeling to all the universe. I think it sometimes does happen in some of these groups. <laughs> Thank I don't know. It's worth looking into. We we have to finish, and I I am thank you so much for all of you for your participation, and I hope to meet you uh, next week. Thank, thank you, everyone. You. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, Dr. Bondi. It was such an interesting class. Uh, we will. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, thank you to everyone who joined us today on Zoom, on Drisha Live, on Facebook. We are going to continue our full programming on Sunday at 10 a.m. with the fourth part of a multi-part series by Rabbi David Selber. Uh, it is called Your Name Shall Be Great, The Abraham Narrative. In addition to this class, we have many more classes happening right now. You can find out more information as well as the registration links on our website at www.drisha.org slash classes or watch live at www.drisha.org slash live. Thank you again, uh, uh, Dr. Bandi, for this opportunity to learn with you. And for everyone who attended, we hope to see you soon at one of our upcoming classes at Drisha. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.